Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we're continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. I'm glad to be back with you to talk about our Kingdom Principles series Today, we are going to go into the principle of servanthood, and I'd like to start with our text found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. It says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. I think we understand who that was talking about, Jesus. Yeah, no question. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even unto the death of the cross. And so we should see that, number one, as Jesus is our perfect example, he was a servant. So thus, I think as a follower of Christ, we need to be a servant as well. So uh, I'd like to talk about that today, and it may be broken down into one or two lessons, but I really want to get this uh, this information out to our listeners because it's very important, especially in this day, on how we should uh, act with regards to being a disciple. Now, when we're talking about servanthood, yes. could, could we maybe just talk about broadly what that means? Because I think some people hear that, and it's almost like submission. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a misconception of what serving and what mm-hmm. servanthood means. So could you just give us a baseline for what biblical, what being a biblical servant looks like? That's a great question, and it is my segue, and I appreciate you doing that. That was a nice uh, bounce pass for me to try to dunk this. Um, being a servant um, the New Testament word calling saying minister, that word minister means servant. And so servant is in essence, the root word is serve. I mean, I mean, that's pretty obvious. Sure. And Lord, the Lord Jesus has called every one of us to be servants or to serve not only him, but to serve others. We have an upward uh, ministry of worship and uh, followership of God as we have a sideways relationship uh, as serving other people, and that's what we're talking about. So, yeah, it is a little bit of submission. Uh, it's a whole lot of of putting someone else before yourself, um, and that is the crux of it. I mean, I could sure. go down and get into Webster's definition to make it more plainer, but when I'm talking about servanthood, I am talking about a submission to not only God, number one, we need to be uh, uh, submissive, and and that's a strong word, but we need to be a servant to somebody else, to help them, to serve them, to put them first. The Bible talks about preferring our brother before ourselves, and so that's what we're talking about. And in this lesson, hopefully, as we expound upon it, we'll put some meat on what I'm trying to say. Sure, but I mean, it doesn't mean just doing whatever anyone asks you to do, no matter what it is, and being their butler or maid or driver, and certainly not to your own detriment. Absolutely. It's not being (laughs) subservient. Absolutely. It just means submissive to them and and submitted. Yeah, uh, see, there's the dunk. Yeah. There's the dunk. Absolutely. I believe there's no higher price in the kingdom of heaven, uh, higher price, higher place than in the kingdom of heaven than to serve others. Yep. 
to be a servant overall. Jesus said it in Mark 10 and 44. He said, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. So not only did Jesus express this maxim, he was the perfect example in all of his life. He was literally truth in action. And so having observed his life and his ministry through the word uh, that he lived, the call now rests upon us, the church, the, the servants, as it were, the people of God, to take up the mantle of servanthood to humanity. Um, but but we, we should talk about the, the practical things on putting ourselves in a position of being the proper servant. Number one, we need to be changed and we need to be fashioned. We need to understand what we're doing. Um, transformation should be happening at the beginning of all this. There should be uh, a, a God moment, as it were. We call it receiving the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the infilling. Yes, according to Acts chapter 2. Yeah, because you can't serve other people until your, your house is in order. Well, right? I, th- I think so properly. You Pro- can. Properly, sure, sure. But properly and with the right uh, intention. Um, I believe that when we receive the Holy Ghost, we are instantly changed if we're born of the water and of the Spirit, and we're, we're what we would say progressively fashioned like as unto him. And these effects, as it were, causes us to be uh, willing preachers and teachers to those. It allows us to be directed as godly leaders or to be submitted to their leadership, as it right. were. It allows us influence in our family or in the family of God and in our personal homes. It allows us to have quiet times with him. It allows us to have a, a, um, a, uh, a ministry of fellowship with, with the Lord and, and other disciplines. It just, so in other words, being a servant, you just don't enter into it. Um, well, let me say it this way. I see people that have great intentions uh, and they'll do things like, let me give you an example. Sure. Um, here in Indianapolis, we have people that, that uh, are less fortunate and or they have just fallen on hard times and they live around a bridge. And we've all seen them in our cities, and, oh, yeah. and that's another thing. How a lot of intersections becoming, are crowded. Yeah, how it's yeah. becoming so endemic, and it's, it's very unfortunate. However, there are good-intentioned people, a lot of them, in fact, and that's, that's a good thing. Sure. That would, on a Saturday, bring food to that person. And while they are in the moment serving them by helping, and you know, by and large, it doesn't change their paradigm. So we may bring them food, and that helps them in the moment. But a proper servant doesn't just want to do a one-time thing and then well, that itch is scratched, and I can move on about my life. A proper servant, or with the servanthood I'm talking about, is that we are intentioned to help that person get up out of that rut, as right. it were, and become a, a functional person in society and in the church. So, so it's uh, giving, giving a man a fish, and he'll eat today, and teaching a man a fish, and he'll eat for a life. That's perfect. That's exactly yeah. right. I love that, uh, that old maxim, yeah, that saying. Too. So uh, we have to understand that it's more, it cannot be ever be a me first, ever, ever, with regards to servanthood. Like, I don't, I don't help uh, this old lady put her groceries 
in her her back of her car when she's going to out of you know in the parking lot for other people to see me. Sure, I do it because there's a need there. I'm I'm willing and able and able, and I can do that, and I can be a blessing and a servant. Sure. So we're talking about this. So we're not just talking about action. We we need to to discuss in this podcast or in these ensuing podcasts about the the spirit of servanthood. Well, and it doesn't have to be big, grandiose acts either. Just no, like you said, all. it's as simple as, as opening a door for someone mm-hmm. or helping them with some small chore. Right, right, because when you're a servant, that kind of stuff is is it's like a knee jerk. It's a it response just becomes that, what you do. That's exactly yeah. right. It's because it's and, and it's not and it's not just that. It becomes even deeper. It is what you are. You just do it, and and unfortunately, that's lost. Now, I'm we live in a day that that I don't know what it is, but it's in our culture, in our society, that we've forgotten that if somebody were on a bus or a public transportation and and a lady comes in and she may be pregnant or older or something like that or you know that kind of thing that people just sit and when i see that <laughs> right. and i think that's good upbringing for my mother too but to want to serve and by let me just qualify i am not the perfect example of what i'm talking about i'm well, working on this sure. um i know very few people that are are what i'm talking about but I think what I'm trying to say is that we should be striving towards that and working towards that. But but it's lost. We don't get up, and that older person is just standing there, and and uh, I, you know, I can't abide that. And so we call that good upbringing. Um, yes, that's true. But at the same time, it's serving people causes you to do that. It won't allow you to do anything less than that. Yeah, and you know, a really cool side benefit from that, because we talk a lot about servanthood. You know, I've got a big family. I've got five children, two grandchildren. We're all together. We talk about serving And you're so tired, too. I am. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the neatest things is whether we're serving at the church or at the school or we help someone, when when we all leave and we're driving back home or whatever— we all feel so good. Sure. You feel so good. And it's not just like, it, it's, it, it's not an indescribable happiness, but it, it's knowing that you've pleased something in the spirit. And it makes you realize, you know, we are wired to do this because right. just feeling that makes it worth it. Right. Because you know that you're making your God happy. And Absolutely. I, I can't even relate to people how good absolutely. that feels. Absolutely. So our perfect example was Jesus. He was, um, to the uninformed, he may appeared as nothing special. In fact, the Bible even said that he had no form, no comeliness. Um, there was nothing that, that set him apart physically. However, the things that he did, and, and in fact, John chapter 1, 46 even when they when he began to his ministry began to come to the forefront, people even asked, "Can there be any good thing come out of Nazareth?" So right. there was things that about him that were not that didn't make him stand out. He wasn't head and shoulders. And I want to stand on that point for just a second that anybody can be a servant. Yes, it doesn't matter who you are, and your impact is just as great as. As somebody that you may personally think, oh, man, they're just so much better than I am or so much better of a disciple, and they've been serving God mm-hmm. since Noah got off the ark and yeah. all these kinds of things. And, and that's not true. That's, that is not even scriptural. It's not even, it's not even precedent yeah, There's anywhere. no basis for that. That's exactly right. Yeah. So Jesus, 
he was nondescript. I mean, he just wasn't that person that stood out. However, by design, he went about right, 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 mm-hmm. right um, to the to the first glance, as it were. But we understand that Jesus was much more than a man. He was God wrapped in flesh, obviously, yeah. and we beheld his glory. Revelations 4 and 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Colossians 1 and 17 says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He was the creator, and yet he was a servant. It's powerful. It so when we examine his life, nowhere, nowhere do we detect any any slight amount of selfish motive or ego as he served. He literally, Steve, subjugated his own comfort and pleasure for the good of those around him and for the good, obviously, of generations to come, i.e. going to Calvary. Right. He prayed in the garden, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. He wanted he wanted the cup and, and I back up. He he wanted the cup to be passed from him, but he said, nevertheless. So he was a he was on a mission. And so what he did at Calvary, obviously, we here in twenty twenty three now uh are receiving the benefit of all that. He was a servant. You know, it's uh when when you look at like the Last Supper, knowing knowing what God knew. You know, knowing the fate that was coming and still like washing the feet of Judas. Yes. Looking him in the eye and serving the very man who would betray you. Yep. Oh. Well, so you said that. I was going to say the greatest example that we can take and and assimilate into this understanding is when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, yes, and that he lowered himself, quite literally, he got down on the floor, and he demonstrated this servanthood in action. It's hard to envision a clear picture of how a Christian should act when we consider this, this happening when he washed the disciples' feet. Jesus stated in John 13, 14 through 15, He said to all the believers who would subsequently follow him, he said, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And so this characteristic of servanthood is demonstrated on every one of us, and and it shouldn't be forced on anyone, but it needs to be something that everybody embraces. And yes, you referenced him doing that to even Judas and knowing what was to happen mm. and and even Peter. I love Peter. <laughs> I mean, he just said, "You're not going to wash uh, paraphrasing. You're not going to wash my feet." And Jesus said, "Well, well, you'll not have any part of me." Oh, wait, 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 yeah, wait hold on. Now. Wait a minute. Wash my head, my <laughs> feet, my right, hands. So should, should I back? take both sandals off or <laughs> right, how are we doing this? Right, right, right. <laughs> so Jesus obviously is our number one example. The second one, second servant is Paul. He was a servant to all. His life, his past uh, in particular, was something that it felt like in his later years he was running from. And I think we can all see that, that we all have a past, no matter where we're at, no matter how long we've been in church or out of church or serving God, we're all imperfect beings. I love this scripture, if the Lord should count iniquity, who shall be able to stand? Not a one of us. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's scriptural. So Paul 
did this in his past life. He seemed, uh, rather, in his life, he was running from his past. It felt like Paul is very compelling to me personally. Um, Paul had a claim to privilege and position. Philippians 3, 4 through 6 says, Thought I... Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He was saying, I was... I was the chiefest of the Jews. I was the up-and-comer. I was, and he was, the rising star oh, yeah. among the Pharisees and, and the, the Sanhedrin. I mean, he was somebody who could have lived a life of luxury and self-indulgence. But that Philippians 3, 7, and 8 goes on to what I just read. It says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, but and do count them but done, that I may win Christ. So there it is. Paul was running from his past, and he made up for obviously in his calling. So sure. he didn't. So I just want to be clear: he didn't do the things such as his missionary journeys and and all of these establishing of churches because he was trying to beat his past. It wasn't an active thing, or in other words, it wasn't an action to cover. Yeah, he wasn't atoning for all of he that. He wasn't atoning. Thank you. That's even better words. No, he just said, this is my calling now, and I'm going to go with it with the same aplomb, if not more, yep. than what I've ever done, being negative and wrong. And that's what he did. And I just want somebody, again, to not focus on, well, I'm just I'm low and I can't do this. Paul would rather suffer the the pains of the gospel, as it were, and be right and to serve rather than self-indulge and be in that circle of, of fake religion uh, that the Pharisees had. Um, so he said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. So again, what he was doing, not running from his past, but he recognized that as he's doing his calling, he was going, I'm gaining heaven. Mm. I'm getting one or two steps. Now, to, to the listener, you may say, well, that's, that's very self-indulgent in and of itself. Well, I, I suppose you could say that, um, but when you understand the spirit of it, he was being blessed in this life and he was obviously had his place assured in the next life. But he was doing that because he wanted everyone else to experience the power of salvation like he did. Now see, and that's why it's not a singular inward event. That's it. That's why. That's it. And that is the transformative power yep. of truth that Absolutely. you learn from the Gospels. You got it. So, uh, and thank you for, for validating what I'm trying to articulate. That's exactly what Paul was saying. I want you to experience this because every time in his circles, um, I've been in a recent Bible study, in fact, yesterday morning, and we were talking about this with regards to Paul, that Paul was, um, uh, he was, he did more after he was, 
No, no. His impact was greater than he ever did while in captivity than he did when he was free and on his missionary journeys. Mm -hmm. And that was incredible what he did. The number is innumerable on the converts. However, we know that he wrote in prison all of these letters and his impact. He was brought before circles that he never would have. And my point being in all of this, that he was just wherever it takes me, I'm going to go as far as it'll go, and I'm going to serve others. And, and in all of that, here's my point. In all of that, he never gave them, I mean, he, he could verbally joust with anybody. Read the book of Acts. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's I mean, he was a smooth, smooth operator. Yeah. I mean, he, was, he, shoo, he showed his education quite clearly, and he used it for his benefit, but not for his benefit, but it... It opened the door. It closed the door on the Jews trying to persecute him, and it opened the door for him to go on into Rome under Caesar and et cetera sure. and so on. And so he he used that for his benefit so that he might open the doors for ministry to other people. So that's what Paul was trying to do. And all of that, he didn't give all of these sharp preaching points. All he did was he told his testimony. Yep. He was sharing it, and. And I found this as a pastor and as a minister. People can say, oh, I don't believe in God, or I don't believe that God moves that way, or he's not a miraculous God. He doesn't do miracles no more. Well, I, I would say um, you can argue all day long about, about, about miracles and the doctors. Well, they said this, but did they really say that? I mean, I get this all the time. I hope I'm making sense. But nobody can ever fight back against your testimony. Yep. Because they can't fight what happened to you. Not yep. even in this cultural <laughs> mindset that it's that says it's my truth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a whole separate issue. It sure is. Uh, a... But Paul gave his testimony. Yep. He would say, hey, all of a sudden I was on the road to Damascus one day. And on the road to Damascus, uh, I had a light shone around about me, put me on my backside. And, and I said, whom art thou, Lord? And, and the response back was, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's Uh hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Oh, (laughs) well, it catches your attention. Sometimes God will do that. By the way, I'd rather not do that. Yeah, I don't want it to take that. (laughs) Yeah, so he took his his eyesight, and he said, Arise, go to Ananias. And he told that. He said it to Felix. He said that to Agrippa. He said that later on when he got into Rome. He wrote about it. He, He was just somebody that was an amazing. He was a servant. And uh, I know that we are running out of time on this podcast here, but I just, to start with that understanding that Paul and Jesus was our perfect example. So if you need an example in the Word of God, please don't look at the television evangelist or myself or somebody. You can certainly look and admire somebody's walk with God. But you can find all the truth that you need, and it's in the Scripture. And you said this, and I'll close with this, that um, when we recognize the, I, the call to servanthood, you said it already, Steve. You could have went on about that. But uh, the idea that you're serving others, you're subjugating uh, your will and your comfort to bless somebody else, there's no greater feeling than to serve that's true to help to be kind in my older age now i didn't get it when i was in my 20s i thought maybe it was a uh, a quid pro quo kind of thing i do this so i can get to that. get that yeah. right but i 
recognize that I do things, the church does things, our church does things, other churches does things, Jesus did things without any expectation to receive back. And that's the foundation with what we're talking about on servanthood. So that's what I have for today. Sure. So, And if you're interested in hearing more about Paul or more about Jesus, our perfect example, you can refer to the series we did before this, The Heroes in Whom We Can Trust, which are, are on the website there, and it's excellent listening. But that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray this was a blessing for you, and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. Please send this podcast to a friend. Share a link on social media, like the Point of Hope Facebook page, or even better, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you like and enable notifications so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank Thank you you. all for listening.